5 o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Great things about doing this show is sports media later in the day breaks, right? Like if you're doing a news show, you want to be on in the morning. All the news from overnight, stuff kind of developing. And it all changed in the last administration. Stuff was just popping all day. And with the current administration, the guy's probably taking a nap usually about this time of day. So there's not nothing really going to be breaking news there, right? Uh, ben Byram is the uh, producer, by the way. Hello, Ben. Hey, Ben. Hey, Ben. <laughs> about that time. You still, get, you still get shivers when you hear Coach Houston yell, hey, Ben. That was scary. Go. I was about ready to do some push-ups. You have been. You're cut, by the way. Oh, thank you, thank you. I've been working on it. What do you? Thirty pounds since earlier in the year. Oh yeah, thirty pounds. Good it's for big. you. So, yesterday, as we brought Brett McMurphy, friend of the show, on, we had reported that the letter had been sent, cease and desist, from the Big Twelve to ESPN, and it said basically, quit meddling in our affairs here at the Big Twelve. Quit trying to, in other words, they were accusing the worldwide leader of getting in there and, and mixing it up and, and essentially causing the joining to the SEC of Oklahoma and Texas. In other words, those two splitting from the Big 12 after 2025 and going to the SEC, right? And so Brett came on and kind of explained how that works. I mean, let's say Ben's Oklahoma, let's say I'm Texas. And I we want to got be together. Texas. All right, let's say Ben's Texas and I'm Oklahoma. All right, there we go. And I say, hey, Ben, like Mike Houston did, let's get out of here. Let's split this, blow this pop stand and go to the bigger conference with the bigger and better football. All right, let's go to our presidents. We go to our presidents. They like it. All right, let's go to ESPN. That's how McMurphy kind of explained it yesterday. Is that how you interpreted it, Ben? In other words, this starts at the school level, and then they go – well, no, they went to the SEC. That's what it was. They, they went to the SEC very quietly, and then the SEC goes to ESPN because that means, hey, look, if they're coming in, that means we need to get more money for these two powerhouses. Yeah. That's how McMurphy uh, – that's how it was described by McMurphy. That makes and a little bit made, more sense, yeah. That, that made a lot of sense to me. Well, the Big 12 thinks ESPN's been the one running this whole show. And, of course, everybody says ESPN runs college football and uh, college athletics, et cetera, et cetera. So they sent the cease and desist letter. So about a couple hours after the show yesterday, what did we find out, Ben? Apparent, apparently, not only were they telling ESPN to cease and desist, but essentially they were telling the American Athletic Conference to cease and desist. Hey, the, they're saying that the American Athletic Conference and ESPN are in cahoots 
after this SEC move to pull in Texas and Oklahoma. And so they're trying to get some other schools out of the Big 12 into the American. Isn't that interesting? Woo! We, inv- we invited uh, Commissioner Oresco on this week because we wanted to talk to him before the media day next week and all of that. And the American over the weekend politely declined, only telling us something to the effect of the commissioner's got a lot of stuff going on right now. Little did we know, <laughs> little did we know that former TV executive Commissioner Mike Oresco was in for, he, he was working behind the scenes. And you know what I say to that, Ben? It's about damn time. I mean, just this standing patent just being, all right, well, we want to be the sick. Give Oresco some credit for, if this is true, going in there and mixing it up. Ethics be damned. You want to be considered in that power five. I mean, you got to be aggressive. You can't be reactive to certain situations. You got to really be a front runner and get in there and get, 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 pull, pull up your sleeves and get, get, get down and get dirty, get gritty. Make some, make some things happen. Make some moves happen. And so the, the correspondence from the Big 12 basically said something like three to five of our teams. Well, you got to think if the Americans involved, one of them is West Virginia, right? I believe the ACC was also named. But, I mean, it, one of them's got to be West Virginia. Would you agree with that? That makes the most sense out of any school from the Big 12. If any school is to join the American, I could see realistically West Virginia joining. ACC is not going to take them. Yeah, They're I don't just think not. So. Texas Tech, TCU. I can see Texas Tech, TCU. Eh, I'm not sure. I think TCU. TCU's good, man. They are. They, no, I'm not saying they, they're not good. I thought maybe Texas Tech and Oklahoma State, but just if you read the tea leaves, it looks like the Oklahoma State situation has them going west as in the Pac-12 uh, or whatever that would become. Which makes sense. It kind of does, yeah. I mean, I could see one of the Texas schools going there also, but that might wind up being Baylor. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but I really do like the idea of an east and a west. you got West Virginia added to the east. You'd have ECU, Temple, Navy, the two Florida schools in Cincinnati. I'm liking that. CC can have Kansas. Well, see, I think the I think Kansas winds up in the Big Ten, personally. Ah, yeah, you, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, I like Kansas and the ACC when it comes to basketball, though. That would be fun. Well, that could happen. No commitment to football, only worried about basketball. Yeah, that could happen. That's that's kind of the ACC mantra, right? Yeah. Uh, and then in the West, you'd have Houston, Tulane, Tulsa, SMU, Memphis, ah, uh, Texas Tech, and TCU. That is some big boy football. <laughs> I'm glad we're not in that. We're not out in the West. So let's assume that happens. If you're at Tulsa, if you're Philip Montgomery at Tulsa, or you're at Tulane, oh my gosh, what your, do you do? Your programs are finally heading in the right direction. You build them up the right way, and then out of nowhere, this Whew. you major hope you get deal a job. Drops. You, you hope you get a job somewhere else if that were to happen. Yeah. By the time they would enter the league, abandon ship. But if that's true, I think that's look. I, again, let's give Oresco some credit there. And Oresco, he's a little long-winded. You know, nationally, everybody kind of likes to snicker at the American. But I mean, Ben, 
Phil Steele, who's going to join us Monday, by the way, um, has said it. I mean, that in Phil's opinion, it is the fourth or fifth best conference consistently yeah. year in and year out. In basketball, it's a top six or seven conference year in and year out. So, I mean, look, Mike Oresco's got a great product. Other team, I hate it that we have not held up our end of the bargain, but I, you know, I think ECU is going to eventually, especially in football. Uh, so today, yeah, about hour and a half ago, ESPN responded to uh, Bob Bowlesby, who is the now beleaguered commissioner of the Big 12. Uh, the letter reads as following. Dear Bob, this responds to your letter dated July 28, 2021. The accusations you have made are entirely without merit, apart from a single vague allegation that ESPN has been, quote, actively engaged in discussions with at least one other, end quote, unnamed conference, which ESPN disputes, your letter consists entirely of unsubstantiated speculation and legal conclusions. To be clear, ESPN has engaged in no wrongful conduct, and thus there is nothing to, quote, cease and desist. We trust this will put the matter to rest. <laughs> there you go. And then there's the disclaimer, ESPN reserves all rights and remedies in connection to this matter. In other words, uh, we're going to publicize your response should there be one because we're going to put it on the airwaves and it'll create hashtag content. So, look, I'm not saying McMurphy was wrong, but this was the breaking as he was on. He feels like the Big 12. And they may have every intent of staying together. But... Somebody just wasn't, and I, and I think it was, uh, oh gosh, who's the writer for the Athletic Ben who covers college football? I can't remember her name. Uh, it seems like it's Nicole something, but she's she's usually on top of stuff. And she was kind of reporting ahead of time. We might try to get her next week because she's been kind of reporting ahead of time the American being the aggressor in this whole thing. Nicole right? Auerbach or Bach yeah. Yeah, Nicole Arbach, yes, or Albach. Yeah. And she's pretty credible. You know, she she does a really fine job there. And she's been on this American thing the whole time. So, look, this for once, it might work out for ECU. And I think there's going to be a lot of litigation out of this. I think there's going to be some, some lawyering. But, look, if you're Oklahoma State, West Virginia especially, and those two Texas schools that we mentioned. I don't feel good about this situation right now. Do you? No. I don't. I, I, I wouldn't. I mean, I, I'll even throw Baylor in there. I don't feel good about this. None of them should, but those five who, I mean, let's face it, have had varying degrees and national level degrees of, of, of football success. You know, Iowa State's good now, but. Weren't always that's that little, way. <laughs> no, that's an anomaly. Kansas is awful. So I mean, if if you're one of those schools right now, I, I'm I'm thinking you're thinking how do we, what's best for us? Because you know one thing, and and respectfully, I disagree with Brett on this yesterday. Yeah, it's a seven million dollar payout now, but if there's no Big Twelve, that money's got to go somewhere, right? 
And I mean, let's face it, Cincinnati is a national caliber program, right? I thought UCF was going to slip a little, but they made a huge home run hire in the offseason. Memphis is SEC level higher there. Yeah, no, I mean, really. I mean, they've, they've got a, they hired a coach who's won a national title. Yeah. They don't hand those things out to everybody, despite what UCF thought historically. <laughs> um, I mean, Memphis has been good. Houston, Holgrimson's kind of a clown, but I mean,. You know, the guys won games. The team score points. I mean, those are some good football programs right there. Top-level football programs right there. And well, Memphis. I think Memphis. Well, yeah, that's why I said Memphis, yeah. Is, yeah, Memphis has been good here in recent times, too, and they hadn't always been. Yeah. But, I mean, the Ameri- and, and look, I think basketball, really good in the American. Uh, probably deserve to have more than just a couple teams in the tournament last year, and, and I think in the future could get more teams. The, speaking of basketball, the ECU basketball uh, conference schedule, the conference released the, the games today for the teams. Pirates uh, only play Houston one time, and they play them in Houston. So that'll be the uh, the big trip tough there. Tough matchup. Ooh, that is a tough one. Indeed it is. Uh, so that was released today. We have some uh, info as far as pirate football players being released on the uh, various watch lists. Uh, was it an academic All-American or some kind of scholarship that was received by a pirate baseball player? Ben's going to have all this for you coming up in a little bit. I got it all. Uh, let's get to what we're going to get to here today in addition to what we just talked about. We've got uh, a friend of ours from the Carolina Mudcats, David Lawrence, coming up in a couple of minutes. In fact, we're going to give away uh, a pair of tickets to ECU night at the Carolina Mudcats, so stand by to dial for that. Uh, get you some tickets, get you set up. First 800 through the gates will get that really cool-looking co-branded ECU Carolina Mudcats hat, purple and gold. Go to our social media to check out the pictures of it. And if you're one of the first 800 through, it's extremely limited this year. If you're one of the first 800 through the gates a week from tomorrow up at Five County Stadium in Zebulon, then you'll have an opportunity to uh, get one of those hats. And that's a hot item right now. That is a hot, hot item. People want those hats. Uh, so you can do that. Uh, we'll, again, stand by to dial. We'll get you a pair of tickets to that and also throw in some concert tickets for you so you'll be in uh, uh, able to handle some entertainment options for the next few weeks. And then, uh, so David Lawrence in the next segment. And then, uh, of course, speaking of possible litigation, out of uh, no, not Ben Byram's intro of himself on baseball this week, people. No, no. It's possible litigation is um, what's going on with the legislatures and the NCHSAA. Uh, We uh, are going to turn to our guy, Nick Stevens, with High School OT to kind of talk about what happened in that meeting yesterday. I think there's still going to be legislation. Apparently, uh, lawmakers, senators are back in town next week. Uh, But uh, we'll kind of get Nick's thoughts and accounts of that meeting yesterday. That continues to be a really hot topic and, and really something that our audience is is interested in. So we're going to get Nick in the uh, second half of the show to talk about that. So let's uh, head towards the break now. Uh, we'll do caller three at 252-561-GAME, 252-561-4263. If you were caller three, you'll get a pair of tickets to the uh, Mudcats game next uh, Friday night, uh, 7 o'clock at Five County Stadium. They're going to have fireworks. It's ECU night there. You can get the co-branded cap. It's going to be ECU takeover of Five County Stadium. Uh, we'll also throw in some concert tickets for you. Ben will give you the deets on that. So be good to Ben. He'll be good to you. 
4263. That's 561 game. Caller three will be the winner, and we'll tell you more about EC United, the Carolina Mudcats, on the other side of the break on this Thursday throwdown PJ show. Eastern North Carolina's home for the Adam Gold Show. Come on in. Weekdays at noon, right here on Eastern Carolina's home for sports. I love sports. And the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Pirates, Panthers, the P-Man. Oh, my. More of the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game right now. We're following all the big stories uh, for you here. Patrick Johnson Show. Uh, got Nick Stevens coming up in a little bit. We'll get his recap of yesterday's uh, meeting between lawmakers and the High School Athletic Association. That certainly has been a captivating uh, story for our audience uh, here all week. Uh, we've told you about a big event coming a week from tomorrow. It'll be ECU night at Five County Stadium for the Carolina Mudcats. Uh, the Muddies are engaging in this again. It was a huge success a couple of years ago, and you get a very cool and a very uh, sharp-looking, updated, co-branded ECU Carolina Mudcats hat to the first 800 through the gates a week from tomorrow. Uh, we'll tell you about ticket packages. We'll tell you about some of the other events planned for the night. Uh, right now, in fact, as uh, a good friend, uh, one of the poobahs with the uh, Carolina Mudcats and Eastern North Carolina boy done good, our pal David Lawrence joining us uh, here on the phone from the uh, Mudcats. DL, how are you, buddy? Patrick, doing great. As uh, as always, appreciate the time to uh, catch up with you, uh, whether it's uh, personal or professional. So absolutely doing great. Thanks for having me. Well, it's great to have you on. Uh, let me ask you this. Last year, or I should say two years ago, this was a wildly successful promo, and if I recall, because we were there, it was on a Thursday night, and uh, you guys had a larger crowd than you anticipated. Pirate Nation showed up and showed out, and uh, that was the precipice for uh, having another one of these. Unfortunately, last year, no season, uh, so uh, these hats have kind of been roaring and ready to go. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, two years ago. Uh, I think you were there doing your show, uh, so you saw it as you mentioned unfold. But we uh, we had a a, a huge uh, turnout from the ECU crowd, uh, both uh, locally and 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 from Eastern North Carolina. Uh, we had folks standing in line, uh, you know, thirty to forty five minutes before gates open, and you know, unfortunately, uh, some of them didn't get hats uh, uh, for that night, but. Uh, uh, it, it was a it was a great event. It was a great turnout on a Thursday night, and we started planning immediately after that one for for 2020. But of course, as you mentioned, that uh, uh, that season didn't happen because of all the uh, uh, the things that have been going on in the past 12 to 14 months. But we were able to to reschedule it for this year, and we're excited to to have everybody back out uh, next Friday. Yeah, it'll be uh, on August 6th, so uh, a week from tomorrow night, a week from Friday night. Uh, it'll be at Five County Stadium, a pretty uh, easy, breezy, quick drive out of Greenville uh, if you're so inclined uh, to head to Five County Stadium, uh, about 45, 50 minutes from the edge of town, and uh, it's a state-of-the-art stadium. It's uh, It's been a great stadium for a number of years. Mudcats are paying tribute to the purple and gold of ECU, co-branded hat giveaway they look good they're purple and gold first 800 fans in attendance will get the hat uh, you could visit carolinamudcats.com for tickets 
and learn how you can guarantee yourself an ECU night hat. More on that in just a moment. There will also be fireworks uh, after the uh, show. David, of course, has uh, spent many, many years uh, in the uh, media sports business, uh, starting with the uh, Kinston Indians in North Johnson many, many moons ago out of uh, Washington. And uh, we will forgive him for his Appalachian State uh, tenure. But then uh, working with uh, what was, uh, I guess, then ISP, uh, eventually IMG, and then Learfield IMG, and now just straight up uh, Learfield for uh, several big schools. And uh, that's a little bit of the, the thumbnail sketch history there on uh, on David, who's uh, been, been a lot of places. But uh, this has been a lot of fun, I imagine, working for uh, a, a team that uh, – is owned by a Major League Baseball team, as the Brewers are not only the parent club of the Mudcats, but uh, they also own the Muddies. No, you're you're right. Uh, uh, that's a, a little bit of a growing trend, or it has been over the past few years, where some Major League clubs have have bought and actually own uh, their minor league affiliates. But but it's it's been great. Uh, you know the. The Mudcats uh, have, have been in Zebulon uh, now. This is actually uh, the 30th season uh, uh, in existence uh, in Zebulon. And uh, back in 2017, the original owner, uh, Steve Bryant, uh, sold to the Milwaukee Brewers. And since uh, we've been here with the Brewers under uh, their ownership, it's, it's been great. They, uh, they certainly have done a lot just uh, – not just for uh, player development, but just support uh, as, as part of uh, the overall stadium, the overall uh, club and organization. And, and they've been, they've been awesome. And, and it has, it's, it's been, uh, it's been a great opportunity and uh, it's been exciting. And, uh, you know, this year, again, while wins and losses in minor league baseball don't, uh, you know, don't always translate, it's more of a family atmosphere, uh, regardless of who the players and the records are. It's it's not it's not bad to have uh, currently you know the Mudcats uh, in first place in their division and I believe the the second best overall record in uh, in the league right now so that that certainly doesn't hurt. We got David Lawrence with the Carolina Mudcats and on August sixth that's a week from Friday it'll be Carolina Mudcats uh, celebrating ECU it'll be Mudcats ECU night at Five County Stadium seven o'clock first pitch and the first eight hundred fans through the gate will get a co-branded, very cool purple and gold ECU Carolina Mudcats hat. And uh, this was a wildly successful promotion a few years ago. So that seems like a, an odd number, but I mentioned you have a way to guarantee yourself a hat through a very special promotion. So I'm sure you guys are reserving some of those hats for that promotion. I think everything you get for this, it's worth every penny. DL, do you want to fill in the deets on that as far as the – the special package you guys are offering on your website that night? Absolutely. Uh, and you mentioned earlier, you know, we learned from, from two years ago uh, when, when folks showed up and, and unfortunately uh, the crowd was so overwhelmingly uh, uh, positive for, for this hat giveaway that some folks, you know, didn't get a chance to, uh, to get them. And so what we decided to do is going into this year, offer some folks uh, a chance to, to guarantee those. And so we did, we put together a, an ECU night package. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's based around a family, but it's, it's four tickets to the game. It guarantees you four of the ECU caps. Uh, it includes uh, $40 of ballpark money 
to spend anywhere, concessions, merchandise that you'd like, and a parking pass. So when you, you combine all that together, it's, uh, it's, it's a, an affordable price uh, at, at $95 uh, for all of those uh, 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 combined. And you can, you can purchase those in advance up until next Thursday uh, by simply going to carolinamudcats.com. And it's right there on the front page, and you can click on it. And again, guarantee yourself the hat, and also treat your family uh, or friends uh, to a to a great night of uh, you know baseball uh, at the ballpark. Yeah, I've had a lot of people uh, tell us that they wanted to, uh, you know, boy, I wish I could get a uh, one of those hats. This is the way you can do it. Uh, if it's going to be a situation where you're going to be a little late. Uh, you have to work late on, on a Friday, and it's going to be a little late getting out of town or, or heading east towards uh, Zebulon uh, or from the east towards Zebulon. This is a great way to guarantee that, and that's at carolinamudcats.com. Hey, uh, David, we'll continue to uh, promote it. I know we have some giveaways on our sister stations next week of those packages you mentioned. We've got tickets. We'll be uh, continuing to give away. So, hey, we appreciate uh, your time very much and look forward to ECU Mudcats night on uh, August 6th at Five County Stadium. No, again, Patrick, uh, I always appreciate uh, the time with you, and we appreciate the opportunity to come on and, and share a little bit more about this. And we look forward to having uh, a, a ton of purple and gold uh, kind of take over the stadium uh, next Friday and, and enjoy some some baseball, but uh, a totally takeover type theme night uh, for for the ECU Pirates uh, as as we head into the fall sports season. Uh, again, as a as an Eastern North Carolina uh, uh, you know, native uh, certainly have a a, a strong uh, affinity and and love for for everything down in eastern North Carolina, and certainly the Pirates are a huge part of it. There he is, uh, David Lawrence, and again, Carolina Mudcats uh, celebrating ECU ECU night at Five County Stadium, August six, seven o'clock in Zebulon. Uh, make your plans now, and again, you can get that uh, package that gives you uh, the four uh, box seats that gives you the uh, muddy money that you could spend in the ballpark at the concessions uh, or in their team shop. You get a parking pass, but uh, most of all, you guarantee yourself the co-branded hat, four of them. Uh, that's a big, big deal. All right, uh, we will uh, have with us in just a few minutes here uh, Nick Stevens from High School OT. That is in the offing, but right now, Ben Byram standing by. He has a sports flash update for you here on the PJ Show. Thanks, Patrick. Plenty of news from Pirate Nation. Let's start from Pirate Basketball as they've announced their home-and-away conference opponents for the upcoming season. ECU will have a home-and-away series with UCF, Cincinnati, Memphis, South Florida, Temple, Tulane, Tulsa, and Wichita State, while they'll have a home game against SMU and away game against Houston. From Pirate Baseball pitcher Matt Bridges closed out his collegiate career earning academic All-America honors. The honors given to the players who are starters on the field while maintaining at least a 3.3 GPA. And from Pirate Football, Football a pair of standouts added to some award watch lists. We start with quarterback Holton Ehlers. He's been added to the Werfel Trophy watch list. The Werfel Trophy is similar to the Walter Payton, Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. Excuse me. It's given to a player who demonstrates great community service. And Tyler Steen has been added to the Paul Hornick watch list. An honor given to the most versatile player in college football. From the NFL training camp underway, and the only notable inactive for the Panthers is wide receiver Robbie Anderson due to an illness. Elsewhere in the league, the biggest story is that Ricky Jets quarterback Zach Wilson has finally signed a four-year contract that's worth a little over $35 million with a $23 million signing bonus. 
from the NBA's draft night, and ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski has announced he's already leaked what the first overall pick will be. It's been confirmed Detroit will select Oklahoma State's Cade Cunningham. And for Major League Baseball, as we're getting close to the trade deadline, an interesting development out of Chicago. As the Cubs have removed stars Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo out of the lineup amid of trade buzz and rumors. That's going to do it for your 94 Through the Game Sports Update. I'm Ben Barm. Every Monday during the NFL season, get the latest on the Carolina Panthers as Jim Zoki from the Panthers Radio Network joins the P-Man. Bring on the good stuff, universe. This and every Monday right here on 94.3 The Game. The flagship station for the ECU Pirates. Greenville's top sports show is back. Well, isn't that special? The Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Yesterday, of course, uh, we told you about the blow-by-blow uh, blow from the media and attendance about some of the things that were said in the aftermath of a little over two-hour meeting between the High School Athletic Association and legislative members, uh, many of which are behind a bill that uh, would essentially abolish the High School Athletic Association. This has been running on for a couple of years here, and uh, HB 91 is the bill we're talking about. We had the Commissioner Q. Tucker from the Athletic Association on Monday, and then Senator Todd Johnson, who is uh, one of the people behind this movement in the legislature uh, with us on Tuesday. Uh, This has been a real captivating story for our audience, so we wanted to follow up with uh, one of the uh, very best that covers high school athletics in North Carolina. He's uh, Nick Stevens, High School OT. Follow him on Twitter at Nick Stevens, HSOT, and of course, uh, HighSchoolOT.com. Nick, thanks for taking a few minutes with us uh, here uh, again. Uh, what was achieved yesterday? Well, appreciate you having me. Um, you know, I, I think that the most important thing that, that happened yesterday is that these two sides met together for, like you said, more than two hours uh, and talked about some of the big issues uh, at hand. And, and I think that the temperature in the room has come down some. Um, when, when they were entering, I was standing outside the room yesterday afternoon uh, I got to the legislative legislator building about I don't know probably one thirty or so, um, and I saw I was there when the senators went in. I was there when the NHSA delegation went in, and, and it was pretty tense. I mean, you could feel the, the tension in in the air. Um, but after the meeting, as they're exiting, people were laughing, they were shaking hands, they were thanking each other. I think it was a productive meeting. I don't know that they necessarily came to a lot of specific conclusions. Um, on some of these things, I think there's going to have to be more conversations, but I think it brought the temperature down some, which I think is a good thing for, for everybody. Some of the lawmakers and people in the room that I have corresponded with did say that there is still going to be legislation. It probably doesn't take the form of this scorched earth policy that uh, lawmakers had had put forth in committee and that got through committee. So. I guess my question is, uh, are you hearing the same thing, that there is going to be some kind of legislative component to this, and I would presume it would include oversight? Yeah, the the senators yesterday um, and, and Representative Fell all said that they believe that legislation is still needed, uh, and they anticipate that there will still be legislation. But instead of the, we're going to pass this legislation and and you know, abolish the association in the process. They talk about the NHSA is a willing partner, that they're going to be at the table 
You know, um, I think that the legislation will probably focus more on formalizing a relationship between the association and the State Board of Education, uh, Department of Public Instruction, uh, which currently delegates the authority to the NCHSA. So um, I think that's probably where you're going to see this go. There might be some stuff in that legislation um, about some specific issues uh, with high school sports. I don't know exactly what they would be. Um, Or, uh, and I actually kind of think this might be more likely, it may just be legislation that forces a formal relationship in the form of like a memorandum of understanding uh, with the State Board of Education and the NCHSAA. And that memorandum of understanding could have some of these details spelled out about finances and, you know, due process and some of the other stuff that we've heard them bring up. Um, I, I think that that's, that might be the more likely uh, direction that that goes. But doesn't, and Q Tucker said as much on on Monday when she joined us here. By the way, Nick Stevens, high school OT, is on the uh, line with us uh, here in the aftermath of yesterday's uh, clam bake between lawmakers and uh, the North Carolina High School Athletic Association. There's already kind of an informal uh, agreement between the two. So does this firm that up a little potentially? Yeah, I think that's probably what's going to happen. They, there's not uh, like a signed contract or, or anything between the State Board of Education and the NCHSAA. Uh, and, and that's been kind of a point of, point of emphasis for these legislators um, in, in this whole process. Um, they see the NCHSAA basically as, a, as a, an, an act of the state um, because they are overseeing athletics at publicly funded schools and some of the money they have is public money. Um, so, you know, that, that's why the, the legislators see it that way. And I think that having a formalized relationship uh, in their eyes is, is not only a best practice, but necessary um, because of that. So, you know, I, I do think that's going to be the focus going forward. Um, they, they all said the NCHSAA was, uh, you know, coming to the table and expressed a willingness to want to work on the, that issue with them. So I, I think that you're probably going to see an amended HB 91 in the near future, mm-hmm. maybe as soon as next week when the Senate gets back into session. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that it'll be a lot different than the one that, that is currently in place. The, uh, the the private school issue, and I think there are four private slash Catholic. I mean, let's face it, Charlotte Catholic has been uh, a fabulous uh, a football program that's won many state titles. There's some Pitt County schools very familiar with that uh, they beat rose back in 15 when, when cornell powell was a senior uh there's also i mean i think three or four championships this year appearances for cardinal gibbons they won the volleyball I believe they won the soccer a couple of others they, they were in the football final for the 4a uh, so I, you know you look at those sort of schools and then the charter school issue that seems to be a, a real sticking point too that's kind of emerged aside from the finances and some of the other things that this originally started uh, out as? Yeah, um, that, that is an issue that has been brought up many times. Um, that, that's a big issue for uh, Representative Bell um, from Wayne County. Uh, I actually asked him about that yesterday after the meeting. And uh, again, you know, nobody was sharing real specifics yesterday, but he did say they discussed that. Um, and he seemed to... He didn't say this outright, but he seemed to uh, at least hint at the fact that he he thinks that there might be a solution where there's a place for everybody to play. 
um, but maybe level the playing field a little bit more. Uh, I don't know what that looks like. Mm. You know, didn't get into specifics, but he, he said he's meeting with the folks at Cardinal Gibbons next week uh, to address some of, of those concerns. So, um, you know, I, I don't know, again, exactly where that might go, but it sounds like those discussions are, are still underway. Yeah, uh, that is, that's a big point. And, and Nick, correct me if I'm wrong here, but uh, aren't most of the charters, don't they play up a classification as it is? Well, uh, currently in the realignment that, that just ended, most of them are in 1A, which is part of the big concern um, because a lot of those charter schools – are coming from large metro areas like, you know, here in the Triangle or, or in Charlotte or the Triad. Uh, and so they're pulling from these areas with huge populations and then they're playing against some of these small 1A schools and some of our smallest communities in the state. And, and there's just, you know, there's a competitive advantage there that a lot of people see. Um, not everybody agrees, but a lot of people see that. And uh, I think that that's going to be the focus, particularly when it comes to the charter schools, of whatever the solution is here, uh, whether it's moving them up or finding a different formula for realignment or, or something like that. The, the new realignment, the NCHSA's realignment committee tried to address that uh, by taking into account the other factors outside of just enrollment numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I'm reserving judgment on that until we see it in action, but gotcha. we'll, we'll see how that works. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's definitely one of the big issues. Uh, Nick Stevens, HighSchoolOT.com. Usually uh, this time of year, Nick would be gearing up for the football season, uh, which for high schools, practices are already underway and uh, a lot of the fall sports are already underway. And, and he's still working on all of his previews, but he's also <laughs> following this uh, unfolding drama of the last uh, week uh, and a half. Uh, and we appreciate his time with us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Let me ask you a little bit about, uh, and I asked Q Tucker this on Monday when she joined us, as far as she has even said, there's some things that we need to alter. There are some changes we need to make. So I asked her to be specific. One of them, of course, was that uh, she would not be on the appeals board uh, as the as the commissioner. In other words, if she uh, hands out a, a some sort of discipline, it is appealed. She would not be a part of that appeals process uh, as far as a board member. So that's a change that has been made and that has come from, uh, one would think, uh, whether whether the commissioner would agree or whether uh, or not it's the case, according to lawmakers, um, that that's a change that's maybe been exacted and, and sped along out of out of this whole process. So I'm going to ask you, what are some things that you feel like the association can do better, and that, that, that some changes maybe they need to make, not necessarily to appease lawmakers, but just for the betterment of of the operation and of its members. Well, I. I think a lot of the things that, that we've seen over the last several months could potentially be avoided um, with just a little bit more transparency in general. Um, you know, the NHSA is not a state of uh, state organization. They are a private 501c3 nonprofit. Uh, so they don't have to abide by public records law or open meetings or anything like that legally. But I think, you know, not even though something might not be legally required of you, sometimes it's in your best interest. Uh, and I think that stuff like that is, is in their best interest, you know, committee meetings at their board of directors meetings, those should be open. Um, you know, I, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a journalist. I'm for open everything. Right. But they, uh, you know, if you have people in the room, 
who can watch these discussions, who can understand what is happening, can uh, relay that information to other members or, or reporters can be there relaying that information to people who are interested. You know, it takes away some of the, uh, for the lack of a better word, conspiracies, right, um, around things. Because when people, when they see things that they don't agree with, uh, and they don't know how the decision was reached, your imagination gets going. And, and I think that that's part of the problem, um, is that people don't always understand how decisions are made or why decisions are made or the processes that are followed because oftentimes they are behind closed doors. Um, you know, and, and like the Anson County ejections that happened uh, that kind of sparked all of this, uh, there's never a, a, an announcement or a press release by the association when teams forfeit games. I think that's something that should happen. Um, you know, you don't have to give out specific information about the kids involved or anything. That's, that's privacy stuff. But, you know, there's nothing wrong with saying Anson County is going to be ineligible for the playoffs after X number of players were ejected for fighting based on rule 1.2.3.4, right? Um, you know, and stuff like that, I think, would really go a long way uh, in in building that relationship with member schools, with the public at large, um, and helping people understand why things are done the way they're done. Uh, would you, and, and this has a big part of it to do as well, but I mean, when you look at that endowment, the amount of money in that endowment, uh, it's quickly pointed out where it compares to, you know, other athletic associations in in states around the country Uh, you did mention this is a nonprofit, but i mean that's that's a huge endowment for any kind of trade association um does that money and and again there's certain ways that money is earmarked to be spent some of it can be spent in certain areas it cannot but uh, eventually do you maybe see some of that money going towards things that that make life a little easier for members member schools i think the finances are going to be something that is definitely addressed in this um, you know, I, that is a lot of money that they have. There's no question about that. Um, the, but just the simple fact that they have a lot of money, I don't know is necessarily, uh, you know, a problem, right? I think that the problem that they have is they have all that money and there's either not really a, a public plan right. of what they're going to use it for or, or, or they just haven't communicated that well. I don't, I don't know which one that is. But, I mean, if you have – $15 million in, in a uh, restricted endowment fund and you're using the interest off of that um, to do certain things or you have a goal that in five years we're going to do this, then people know what you're doing, right? And they have a better understanding of why you're doing it. And, and I think that if they were, you know, if that is out there more uh, and is more clear, I think a lot of the concerns that people have about the money um, kind of go away a little bit because, Again, yes, it's a lot of money, but if you understand why they have it, what they're doing with it, I think maybe that that helps uh, relieve some of well, those concerns. It, yeah, maybe goes, not for everybody. It goes back to that transparency issue. That, that seems to be yeah. the, the thing that uh, maybe is haunting uh, the athletic association the most in all of this. Uh, we appreciate the info. Uh, pretty heady and serious stuff. Everybody seems to have an opinion on this one way or the other. Uh, a, a bit of levity here before we go, stealing from uh, what was, I thought, one of the great radio shows, Sports Channel 8, when they would have you on, uh, my guy Hayes Permar <laughs> oh, and all God, that. I'm going to be really bad at this today. <laughs> no, no, I think you'll be all right. Uh, this is Name the Mascot. We're going to give you a high school, 
And uh, will you be able to name the mascot? That's the question here. I don't want to put you in Probably a bad spot. Probably not, because I haven't used any of them lately. Okay. <laughs> all right. I'll, we'll be all right here. I, I have, I have, I have confidence in you. Um, let's go with Camden County. Camden County. Are the? Are they the Bruins? Ah, there you go. No fog brain for you, Nick Stevens. They are the Bruins. I, I, I was not very confident in that, but yeah. You weren't. Bruins. You yeah. weren't. Okay. All right. Uh, Hayesville. <laughs> Hayesville out in the western part of the state. Uh, I have no idea. Ooh. All right. Yellow Jackets. Yellow Jackets. Yeah. Okay. All right. This is for the, the two out of three. All right. Jesse Carson in China Grove. They are the Cougars. There you go. See, two out of three. Two out of three, not bad. No, two out of three ain't bad. I think there's <laughs> a song along those lines. Uh, hey, uh, great to talk to you, Nick. We appreciate it, and we'll uh, we'll we'll obviously follow you. Uh, follow Nick uh, Twitter, Nick Stevens HSOT HighSchoolOT.com. They've been all over this, uh, and uh, we'll continue to keep an eye on this. We appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Our pleasure. A couple of big trades or, or big uh, moves. Uh, one is a trade. I assume the other one's a trade. Uh, we'll sort it all out as we'll be back to wrap it up next. Online or on the go, log on to our brand new website, 943thegame.com, to listen to The Patrick Johnson Show weekdays at 5. It might be crap, but we love it. Or tell your smart speaker to stream 943 The Game to take us anywhere you are at any time. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. If you want to relive some of our great uh, shows from uh, the last month, as we get near the end of July here, uh, you can do so by going to the website, 943thegame.com. Uh, we've got our podcast there. Uh, I really liked our RV interview. I, I thought we had a, a good Phil Steel interview earlier in the week, uh, earlier in the month, excuse me. And um, we got, uh, I thought the Larry Williford, that's a little underrated piece of business there with him. That was really good. So go and check all that out if you're looking for some uh, things to uh, listen to there. Uh, I'm going to uh, lay out tomorrow because I just can't work a full week of the summer. Uh, so Ben will get you through. But we're going to have, uh, if you miss Coach Houston on Talk of the Town tomorrow with Henry and McGee on sports, uh, Ben will bring you some of the commentary from that. So uh, Coach Houston's comments tomorrow here on the Patrick Johnson Show is narrated by uh, B-Baby Byram. Uh, NBA draft tonight. Who knew? Uh, we have a Woj bomb. What is it, Ben? All right. So we uh, got a trio now with the Lakers. So they have traded Montrez, Harold, Kyle Kuzma, KCP, and a first from tonight to the late no to the Wizards. The Lakers did for Russell Westbrook. So was Russell Westbrook now a Laker? He's joining AD and LeBron. Thoughts? Seems like a lot to give up for I mean, Russell Westbrook's still fabulous. Don't get me wrong, but he can't shoot and he's not going to be the option. The number one option. I and don't see that working well in the locker room. I, I don't see that locker room 
making yeah. it through. I mean, you got LeBeijing there and the brow, and now Westbrook, who's fabulous, but I mean, he's not going downhill or anything, but he's starting the back nine at the very least, right? Yeah. I mean, you could say the same about LeBron, though, so. Well, that's true. Yeah. That's true. I- I think the bigger problem here is it's a matter of him distributing the ball, understanding that he's the third best player in that lineup, and just being able to cooperate, not be a ball hog, and just willing to settle and get that ring. And I don't think it's going to happen. Did you see where? Um, did I see it right? Where I guess Matt Scherzer's about to go to San Diego. Matt Scherzer, I, I did see that. Ooh, that's another little piece of business, little transaction that's. Kind of uh, a little underrated. A little under Padres, making, Padres making some moves. And He's a perennial Cy Young winner. I mean, yeah. that's huge. Are they going to get guys back, Ben, that'll be healthy or no? That's the, the, that's the thing, the Padres. People don't realize they're third in their division right now. It's mainly because all their stars cannot play at the same time because they're always hurt. Todd Tisa, I believe, get, is out right now. Uh, so, But, I mean, are they going to get everybody back healthy or no? There's no telling. There's no telling. Yeah. I mean, because they seem to be making a lot of moves. You asked me in the break uh, earlier about the Cubs. They just don't want to spend any money. <laughs> that's their problem. Well, I mean, that's what it is. They don't want to. They look. They jerked Brian around at the very beginning because they held him in the minor leagues, the minimum or the maximum amount of games where he would play the minimum amount of days his rookie year to not be a rookie that year. You follow me? Because no, they did, they didn't want to get to the free agent deal. So, in other words, they got an extra year that way. He won the World Series. He's an MVP. Now, he stunk last year. But he's been pretty decent this year. And, I mean, I just – I'm not saying Cub for life. I think Rizzo should have been, should be a Cub for life. He but. should be untouchable. Baez over Rizzo. Get rid of Baez. Yeah. Well, I mean, to me, same thing with Brian. Yeah, those two, you can get rid of those guys. Rizzo, he should be a guy that – like you said, should be a cub for life. I think Bryant should be too, but that's that ownership don't want to spend any money. It's a shame. Uh, hey, thanks to uh, Nick Stevens for being with us. Thanks uh, also to David Lawrence. Uh, ben will be giving away some more Mudcats tickets for you tomorrow. Uh, so uh, Mike Houston tomorrow on the show. Comments from Talk of the Town. We'll have it for you. Uh, I'll be back in Monday with uh, Phil Steele joining us. Uh, have a great evening. Slow jamming out, it sounds like. What is this? Freddie Gibbs. All right. right. See you. uh, I'll see you next week. Ben will see you tomorrow.